This morning we are in the last chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians 6. You know, speaking of China, The Art of War was written by a, a Chinese general and uh, he wrote a compendium about how to go to war effectively. And to this day, generals in modern armies still read it. In fact, it's been adapted for for business, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch, but people have done that. They've taken the art of war and they've see how can I um, better strategize in the world of business and things like that. Um, <laughs> but um, a lot of the book is is unconventional or or counterintuitive. Uh, or rather, so obvious, you didn't even think about it. You took it for granted. When we think about everything that we have read up to now, everything that in Ephesians or to the Ephesians, Paul has been trying to communicate to this church, um, he ends with, uh, with something that, for me at least, seems a bit out of place. Um, why end with what looks like a battle plan? Paul, you, you've, you've shared about the unity. Uh, doesn't matter your cultural background or your frame of reference. We're unified in Christ. And then you spoke about the, the wondrous mystery of salvation. Then you called us to, to lock arms together and to um, pursue the purpose of the church and the mandates of the church. And, and then you spoke about um, how we each have a role to fill within uh, the unique place that you have set for us in, our ter in the church. And then you have a section here, children to parents and um, and then you even address the master-slave relationship. Um, in the biblical time, uh, Paul wasn't condoning slavery, but he was just addressing something that was uh, so prevalent during the time. A third of the world was, were slaves. And in the church, you would find a master and a slave both got saved. And how does that dynamic then translate? We're both equal in Christ. What does that mean for our, um, for this relationship now? What happens? And Paul addresses that. Um, so, but then he gets to the end and he says, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord because there's a battle to be fought. There is um, a fight to be had. It was relational, relational, relational. 
And then it gets here and it says, now each and every one of you are going to be attacked. You're going to walk out of your front door and you're going to be almost in harm's way. And you need to be ready for that. So let's talk about that today. In your bulletins, the message is called the battle, um, the battle ahead, but it's from Ephesians 6. Let's read a bit about Ephesians 6 here, and then you might recognize it, and we'll talk about how do we prepare ourselves for what is to come or what is already upon us. And ultimately know that when we do church right, when we do church that glorifies God, there will be a battle to fight. Finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our fight is not against flesh and blood. the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done all to stand. Therefore, um, having your waist girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet filled with the readiness, fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, and above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayer and supplication to that end be alert with all the with all the saints pray for me that the power uh, um, sorry that the power to speak may be given to me and that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. <clears throat> Lord, as we finish Ephesians this morning, I pray that you may help us through it and apply this uh, final section of truth, uh, encompassing the entire book, 
be better to each other, grow relationships, seek peace, and be founded and rooted in love, as we have learned. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> okay. So it says, let's look at it. Put on the whole armor of God. So if you've uh, ever read this or come across this, uh, this was a tricky one because it's so well known. Everyone has, uh, has something to say about it. You Google it and thousands of articles come up about what is the meaning of the Ephesians armor. And, you know, as I was reading, I feel that... <clears throat> the metaphor has been carried too far sometimes, you know, where entire volumes have been written on just these few verses and, um, and where articles and, and people say things about it that I, I feel is not there. I want to focus on what the text tells us. If you read... Uh, if we read together um, uh, verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the schemes of the devil. And it then tells us what that encompasses. And then it says again, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day, having done all to stand. I feel that there is emphasis there when it's repeated twice and, 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 and said that, have you done everything to prepare? <coughs> and so, I want us to look at these, not carrying the metaphor too far into the pieces of armor and things, but consider that the list, your, your protection isn't complete until you have put on everything, every piece. If one is missing, you are going into um, battle uh, ineffectively, you're ill-equipped, put on the whole armor. So let's backtrack a little bit to stand against the schemes of the devil, for our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. <clears throat> the, the word principalities is authorities. Um, those with authority, and it's referring, obviously, to the devil and the demons against powers and against, um, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. <laughs> the Greek there is, uh, it, it's a word, it's one word, the rulers of the darkness of this world is one word. And it's built from the word cosmos. It means um, almost cosmic powers. 
and so their influence, we're talking global. <laughs> but I want us to see what Paul is saying here, not to our minds with our frames of reference in, in pop culture and what we see on the TV or w what has been told to us um, through, through our culture, the way that the ancient mind understood uh, the influence of uh, the invisible realm, the unseen forces of this uh, world, there was always a layer of it. They ex we exist, and then layered over our existence is this, um, this influence. So they had an always... Um, they always had it at the back of their mind that this exists and we need to be aware of it. In, um, in Isaiah, he speaks about um, a, a king uh, and how God is, is going to judge this king. And then he, he speaks about Satan and how God has going to judge Satan and and then eventually as you're reading you're not sure if he's speaking about the king or about Satan and it's kind of both at the same time and that gives you an idea but the Bible teaches us that there is this influence and that Satan has a lot of authority on earth, something we need to be aware of, something that, that touches us because we are a church that serves God, that's obedient to the word, that's a beacon of truth. We do not uh, compromise what we know to be true. We do not love conditionally. We do not pride ourselves in our own achievements, but we humble ourselves before uh, God and his greatness. And it says, uh, there's a Japanese proverb, the, the nail that sticks out will get hammered. Now, I'm using it a little bit out of the original uh, purpose here, but we become a target. And we need to be aware of how to protect ourselves. So then it repeats, therefore put on the whole armor of God and do all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your waist girded with truth. So a belt of truth belt of truth in other words all these pieces of armor except for the last one is used for protection that's that's what the metaphor is is implying all these things having put it all on together will protect us so the belt of truth truth is the focus here not necessarily the belt 
Do we compromise on what we know to be true? No. I believe God's word from beginning to end. I believe that it's true. I believe that it's authoritative. I believe that is the final authority for faith and practice in my life. We're learning about that in growth group. And so if I believe that this is the living and true word of God, why would I change even a sentence? Why would I compromise even a word of that truth for any reason? The breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> righteousness, we talk about our sanctification to be made right. When we get saved, we submit ourselves to the word of God and we submit ourselves to the power of the Spirit that now indwells us to change us because we are a new creation. The Spirit changes us, but it is, it is not simply sitting back and saying, let go and let God. I don't believe that that's true, that's biblical, because then... You can blame your sin on something other than your own uh, free choice. Yes, we, we do sin, but when we neglect our sanctification, when we leave the breastplate of righteousness at home, we leave ourselves exposed. Are we daily Asking the Lord to sanctify us. If there is something in my life that I need to grow in, that I need to uh, change, that I need to forgive or ask for forgiveness or, or learn or, Lord, help me. Our children are sometimes uh, great sources of sanctification they make us angry and they make us impatient and frustrated and we get a, a glimpse of what God experiences as our Father, right? I'm doing this for your own good. And when we accept that and say, Lord, I'm not going to let, neglect my sanctification, my righteousness. Help me. Well, then we got it. What about the next one? It says, having uh, your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Notice the word readiness of the gospel of peace. You know, when a runner uh, is, is readying uh, off a block and they are about to get released from that starting block like, like a bullet out of a gun. <laughs> what is our first impulse? That the Lord uh, uh, came to restore, <laughs> to, um, to mend the original purpose of our, of our uh, uh, 
for our creation to, to love and, and be loved by Him and worship Him. <laughs> he was ready and able to forgive. Our first impulse should be peace. For the sake of the gospel, in the name of the gospel, um, as a testimony of the gospel, I forgive you, or I am seeking forgiveness from you. I, I want to show you that I love you, and if there is any um, resentment and bitterness, let, let the Lord help me so that I may be inclined to peace and not to strife and division and all these other things that are so impulsive to us. When I act, it must be towards peace. Because this is what the gospel uh, demonstrates we forgive because we have been forgiven much. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith. <clears throat> so it says that not most importantly, but um, But almost the vitality, the um, integral part of this piece of armor to our protection. How important it is to keep the faith. Satan wants nothing more than to steer us away. He wants nothing more than to cast doubt in our hearts and in our minds. That's what he did from day one. What did the Lord say? You shall, you shall not die. And Eve doubted the word of God. Faith is our defense. I, there is no reason for me to doubt, Lord. You have given me your word. You have revealed yourself to me. You are eternal and unchanging, and I can rest in your promises, especially that Christ died for my sins and rose again and conquered death so that I may be forgiven. I can rest in that. I can know that to be true through faith. We know these things, not because we felt evidence of it, but because God said it. Attacks come in the form of doubt so often. I've experienced it. I've had to, I've experienced it so strongly that I've had to stop what I'm doing and get a Bible and open the Word of God and read the assurance 
of what I've put my faith into. And then it says, the helmet of salvation. Of course, um, our salvation is an objective reality. But what it means here is when we rest in it, when we carry it with us, when we, when we realize it on a daily basis. The Bible talks about not neglecting our salvation. It's talking about the process of sanctification, but, but then we have the knowledge of salvation with us. God loved me that he gave his only son to die on the cross so that I may have eternal life. You know, that motivates a lot of our thinking. It motivates a lot of our actions. It motivates a lot of what we place our value in, how we plan, how we um, decide things. And it says, lastly, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It is the only piece of the armor that is defensive and offensive. When Christ was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he quoted Scripture and quoted Scripture and quoted Scripture and quoted Scripture. The word of God has been revealed to us and Christ himself, the word in flesh as 1 John uh, tells us, at some point we must strike back. To know the word of God is to is to push back against that attacking force. So we stand out. We're the nail that stands out. And the powers of this world, is they're going to try and hammer us down. That's what he does. That's what they do. But we don't have to be afraid. We are well equipped. Remember these things. Don't be discouraged when you do feel under fire. When we feel under fire as a church, the day might come when you um, are a, a testimony for the Lord and you experience social persecution, even physical persecution, and don't be surprised or alarmed or ask, why, Lord, is this happening to me? When you experience um, 
physical ailments that, that seem to never end. When you experience um, troubles that, that all it does is weigh you down and beat you down and you feel like, I, I don't have a moment to breathe. We don't, we don't know for sure if it's an attack, but we do know for sure we better be ready. There are so many things in this world um, that we look at face value and we say, oh, well, things just happen. I don't think we can, we can say that for as much as we think things just happen. Remember that. I do believe we're strong. I believe that we can face anything. Let's continue to encourage each other. Let's continue to keep each other accountable, to pray for each other. This church will continue to do great things in the name of the Lord. Let us pray. In Jesus' name, we pray for this message, for this church, for us. Lord, I pray that we may be effective. I pray that we may keep these, this truth in mind. Put on our armor so we may stand against against those who would oppose your work in this church and your gospel. I thank you now and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing our final hymn, but before you're dismissed, um, there is just uh, the, the matter of the, the tower. Um, so we did say we're, we want to finalize the decision today. So let's sing our hymn, and then we'll do that. So I'll take three minutes of your time extra. Okay. Let's sing.